Hey everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, so content warnings on this episode, just, ugh, god damn it, it's just super homophobic movie, super transphobic movie, there's jokes about sexual assault in there, we got another instance of racism against Italian Americans, which I don't know why those keep coming up in these films, and it's, it's, I mean, it's a fun episode, we have fun, we think you'll have fun, but just don't watch this movie, oh my god, enjoy the show. I now pronounce you husband and husband. You may kiss the husband. Kiss the husband. That's how we roll in our house, baby. Hell yeah. If this marriage is something you've cooked up in response to this pension problem, you are not taking me down with you. This marriage is the only way I can make sure my kids get my pension if something happens to me. This summer... Mr. Valentine? Yeah. I'd like to talk to you about your domestic partnership. Oh, jeez. Two of New York's bravest are going to turn a little lie. A domestic partnership is being challenged by the city. You guys have nothing to worry about because you're a legitimate gay couple, right? Into a whole new way of life. Oh, yeah, we're out. Uh, no, we're big time fruits. Oh, I like men. The way they smell and... Okay. Okay. So I, uh, you know, we put um, the baby to bed right, right before I came downstairs here, and um, I was like, "Hey, there's a chance, uh, depend, you know, there's a chance I might be downstairs before you go to sleep, sweetie. So if I don't uh, see you before you go to sleep, have a good night, and we love you, and all that." And my mom was like, "Yeah, yeah, sweetie, daddy has to go." record a podcast and i'm like don't fucking tell her that <laughs> don't don't plant that seed she's don't gonna want do her own that. she's yeah. gonna want her own when she's five she's like dad i want a podcast <laughs> sometimes i want to Are we a comedy podcast? Are we funny enough to be a fun comedy podcast? I think, I don't know. I feel like maybe listeners derive comedy from our suffering. Okay, okay, okay. So we are a podcast, period, that <laughs> <laughs> analyzes and appreciates comedy that aged poorly. We do appreciate a lot of bad comedy. We do. It's always... For for me, Nadia, the the best episodes are the ones where we watch films that have like something redeeming about them, something good that we can pick up and right. and like stack next to the problematic stuff, the, pro- the stuff that hasn't aged well. This particular film has none of that. Right. Okay. But... Well, let, let me continue introducing ourselves. We ha- <laughs> we have so much to say that we want to jump right in, but you it's have to know who we are. spilling out of me. <laughs> my I now pronounce myself Nadia Vasquez. <laughs> And I am joined, as always, by, I now pronounce myself, Tony, or I now pronounce him, Tony Ginocchio. This, this is really difficult to carry around that bit. It's, I have <laughs> so many, fit, look, 
folks, we, last, okay. <laughs> folks, last week we watched Ace Ventura Pet Detective. And if you listened to that episode, you heard me having a pretty negative impression of the film. In fact, I, I think I remember saying something like the movie was bad. Yeah, you prob- you did say it was the worst of the ones that we have seen in all two seasons of the show. Did I say that? Okay, you did. well, that was before I watched this one. <laughs> it, interestingly, though, I don't, I don't agree about Ace Ventura because I love lowbrow horrible comedies and some of the really slapsticky stuff held up for me specifically Mm -hmm. the problematic stuff did not but i do i do have fond memories of that movie so i think today i'm kind of worried because i didn't think that this was that bad but i did think it was bad okay this one approaches bringing down the house for me in terms of among the worst films we have ever watched and folks going back to 2007 with the classic Adam Sandler, Kevin James vehicle, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, directed by Dennis Dugan, a longtime collaborator with Adam Sandler, and I'm using collaborator the way that the International Criminal Court uses it to describe <laughs> war crimes. This movie was pretty bad, but it wasn't as bad as Bringing Down the House. Okay, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> before we get into it, though, uh, we always like to kind of give ourselves energy to carry through these terrible films by talking about the other pop culture that we are uh, consuming to get through quarantine. So, so Nadia, what have you been watching? What have you been listening to? Okay, so you know that I was on a digital detox for the past couple weeks. Yes. And I wasn't watching anything or, uh, you know, spending a lot of time online. I hopped back onto the net i plugged myself back into the the world wide web and let me tell you i should not have done that no mistake <laughs> it's the awful whole in there the whole it's, internet was a mistake it's awful in there man and you know the weird thing is is with how vast it is there are only a few websites now that i use and they're all terrible they all make me feel horrible so i have tried to kind of unplug again um, but the Umbrella Academy season two comes out uh, this week at the time that we're recording this episode. So I am re-watching that so that I can catch anything I might have missed the first time around. Very excited for season two. Um, and is this um, Ellen Page is in this? Ellen Page is in it. Uh, it is created by Gerard Way from MCR. Oh. I don't know how many times I've mentioned men's MCR in this podcast, <laughs> but this is a pro MCR blog. Um, he wrote the comic books that this show was based on, along with Gabriel Ba, who did the illustrations, oh. or I guess the artwork. I should yeah, say the illustration. Art, yeah. um, but he, this is a really great show about found family, and there's like the soundtrack is insane. So I've just been enjoying that. But how about you, pal? Well, I, I know I'm like at least five years late to this one, but. Um, <laughs> My wife and I just started watching uh, Shit's Creek. Oh, uh, dude! I know. Welcome. I know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not shaming you for it. This so is I'm, very exciting. So, so we're only. I mean, we're still in season one, but um, you know, uh, created by Eugene Levy and Dan Levy, who is Eugene Levy's son that looks exactly like Eugene Levy. Twinsies. And uh, just you know, just Catherine O'Hara just turning in just yet another incredible performance she's amazing so fucking funny 
Um, and on top of that, the other thing to call out about the show is I just love the uh, costuming. Oh yeah, uh, for the show the the you know, and for those of you that haven't seen the series, um, Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara and their two adult children are a formerly wealthy family that basically lose everything and have to move to this backwater town called Shit's Creek, which they purchased a long time ago as a joke. Um, but they are just dressed all the time like insanely out of touch over the top avant-garde haute couture rich people um and it's just it's such a subtle thing that they do to make to just make everything that much funnier it's Uh, amazing I, i love it the Moira Rose wigs get the wi- better yes. and better as time goes on. Just I can't wait until you get to the later seasons when it just gets even more outlandish. Yeah. The more I, I just want to say that that show is so great, and the more that the characters become, I guess assimilated in, is not a good word, but they get accustomed to being in Shit's Creek. The more the wigs get out of control, so I I'm a really really big fan. I think they I think they got nominated for an Emmy for costume design this year. Uh, they they certainly would deserve it. Yeah. So we're only the first. Season. I think we had tr- we had watched like the pilot a long time ago, and I think it, it didn't quite grab us. And, and yeah, it seems the pilot's like, hard to get through. It seems like it was a little bit of a slow starter, but um, but we're in it now. So yeah. so I'm excited to see what wow. happens next. I kind of wish my mo- that's one of the shows my mom has really gotten a hold of and has rewatched it multiple times she just loves it and my niece who is 15 mm-hmm. uh i was like hey have you seen Shit's creek yet she's like no that's old people tv i'm just like dude just because your grandma's watching it doesn't mean that it's old first people of all TV. first of all you mean canadian <laughs> i think it's so great there's just so many things about it that isn't that aren't like available in american tv yeah it's very, I mean, it's very, um, it's nice. Like It's, it's nice. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice show. Good things happen to good people. Bad people get temporarily embarrassed and then they become good. Like, yeah, it's just there's a no nice diabolical qua- uh, like plot from yeah. some, like the mayor doesn't like want right. to destroy them. It's just great. Yeah. But the mayor is Chris Elliott, who is also hilarious. <laughs> you know who does destroy anything she touches is Chris Elliott's daughter, Abby Elliott. <laughs> I think she's so bad. She's in that show Indebted with uh, Fran Drescher and Adam Pally oh. and as the wife and is so bad that I had to stop watching it. And I love Fran Drescher, so it had to be pretty bad. I'm just saying. Not a fan. <laughs> we can cut that part out, but I'm not a fan of Abby Elliott at all. Yeah, I'll probably leave it in. The... <laughs> She's the, like, uh, fuck you. Uh, the, I, I don't know if, uh, listeners, I don't know if you've noticed this, but not a lot of stuff gets cut in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I can't wait to get started on this movie. Um, yes. I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry came out in 2007. Can you give us a summary of what this movie is about? I'm going to yeah. use the term movie loosely. Yeah, so... Uh, First of all, this movie is one hour and 55 minutes long, which is appalling. Uh, but uh, Kevin uh, Kevin James plays uh, Larry Valentine, who is a Brooklyn firefighter who uh, is a widower. And due to uh, a clerical error, uh, he can't name his two kids the beneficiaries on his uh, pension. Uh, and, you know, that obviously weighs on him because he's a firefighter. You know, he, he could die when he goes in on a call. 
um, and he needs to uh, figure out a way to make sure his kids are taken care of. Um, his uh, One of his partners at the firehouse is Chuck, played by Adam Sandler, uh, who is just a real poon hound, <laughs> just, just loves fucking. And um, he's so hetero. Yeah, he's the, just the the straightest man you can imagine. Uh, Mr. February in the firefighter calendar. Um, Larry saves Chuck's life uh, on a call. Uh, and Chuck is like, hey, you know the rules. I owe you whatever you need. And so Larry convinces Chuck to enter into a, uh, a civil union with him um, so that he can reassign his uh, pension benefits. Um, and then in order to... Uh, try and prevent themselves from getting caught because they are committing fraud um they also drive up to canada and get married which i mean i'm sure we'll talk about but this this was a time and it's not a very long time ago when like you couldn't get married anywhere in the u.s if you were gay uh and so uh they drive up to canada they get married by rob schneider in yellow face doing like one of the most appalling uh, impressions of a Japanese man, uh, perhaps ever committed to film. They hire Jessica Biel, uh, who in the most 2007 casting choice yeah, of all definitely. time. Jessica Biel is their attorney. Uh, they have to convince the city that they're gay. Things kind of spiral out of control. Uh, Adam Sandler falls for Jessica Biel. Um, it is a movie built entirely on homophobic stereotypes and awful gay panic jokes and just half-written um, punchlines. And what is uh, nuts about this movie from a production standpoint, um, one of the credited screenwriters on this is Alexander Payne, who like wrote Sideways and Nebraska and like actual acclaimed films. Um, and we'll talk about it a little bit later, but the script that was originally written for this, because this script had been kicking around for, like, decades, um, turned out very different from what was originally planned. Tom Shadyak, at one point, was attached to this film, the guy who directs Jim Carrey and everything, and he was going to cast Nicolas Cage and Will Smith oh, uh, as the I two kinda, leads. I would have loved that. That would have been way better. Uh, but it, it's just this film is awful uh everything about it is bad it is certain certainly one of the worst scripts i think that we've had to deal with yeah (laughs) um and uh just i don't know man this one was a tough one for me nadia it it was a tough one i do have to say that i laughed a few times there is one thing that that made me laugh okay cool okay cool so we'll talk about that when we get to it i i judge the movies that we watch based on how many times i laugh out loud it's not super hard to make me laugh, but to make me, like, really laugh hard. It's tough, but Adam Sandler has succeeded in that in a lot of his movies before this movie. And that so that's the other thing I want to bring up. This is the 25th episode of the show that we have recorded. Uh, 24 episodes, no Adam Sandler films. Well, you know, we picked a good one. And we, we- picked a hell of a selection. Yeah, because I don't know if I could think as critically about the movies that i watched growing up that i loved right. like Waterboy. there's a lot wrong with Waterboy, but that movie is so good the scene where that where he the water sucks scene what? uh 
with the heads with the heads yeah see the reason we haven't done an adam sandler film everyone is because nadia and i both like adam sandler yeah we really like we could do his later stuff like don't mess with the zohan or jack and jill the the netflix stuff i've heard is very bad the stuff i did did try to watch sandy wexler that was not good but the thing is is that i also really like his dramatic stuff i really liked him in spanglish Mm -hmm. that movie was great Punch Drunk Love was really good. So I don't know what happened between, I'm going to say Big Daddy was his last really good one. Big Daddy was good. I really like um, the the remake of Mr. Deeds. Oh, yeah, you're right. I forgot about Mr. Deeds. <laughs> um, with I guess, the... okay, would it be fair to say that Little Nicky was his last good one? That might be more fair because I think that was 06. Yeah, that one was, it was weird, but it was still good. But then everything kind of went off the rails. I don't know what happened. Yeah, but and then and then he did you know uncut gems last year, and uh, everybody's realizing oh he's a good actor. He just happens to be in really terrible movies that he uh, writes. That yeah right <laughs> that he co-writes. What the fuck? <laughs> so, there, there's something there, and I think we need to investigate. It, and it, like I said, he like we both you know, like his movies a lot. You know, Happy Gilmore is a pretty unassailable classic. So good. Um, the Billy Madison's really funny. Waterboy is funny. He has, I think, maybe 25 movies that have each grossed over $100 million, including this one. Wow, okay. And, uh, you know, was a massive box office draw for a very long time. Now he has this exclusive deal uh, where he's putting out movies uh, with Netflix, uh, The Ridiculous Six, Sandy Wexler was one you mentioned, um, I think The Do-Over was one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, from the what I... Of. Yes, 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 yes. From what I read, they all seem to be uniformly terrible. He um, did one with Jennifer Aniston. About just go mur- with it? Just, no, it was a murder one. Oh. Uh, it's for Netflix. It's like a murder mystery thing. Mm. Uh, but I, I really, you know how they have that free Britney podcast where they kind of delve into the history of Britney Spears and her mm-hmm. conservatorship? I feel like we need to do a like a bonus deep dive on where Adam Sandler went wrong. <laughs> At what point did this pivot happen from him being a surefire success in a movie being A, funny, and B, good, and C, emotionally cathartic they're very sweet many times they're they're usually very sweet i i I keep thinking of big daddy that's the one that like really gets me and i cry every time i see it i don't know why it's so silly but the i don't know what happened but i think we need to we need to be the ones who discover and then maybe we can set up a meeting with him and be like dude you got to go back to the basics yeah that makes sense he he seems like a guy that would take a meeting with us yeah Uh, yeah yeah, for sure we have a pod that three people listen to (laughs) and (laughs) we need to talk um, but the other thing that kind of made reference to a minute ago was like, you know, this movie didn't come out very long ago. It's from yeah. 2007. In terms of the, uh, issue that the movie is addressing, which is gay marriage, um, we are in a completely different era <laughs> from 2007. Oh yeah. Uh, so what, what else was going, and, and the other thing is like, I, I said this earlier, but like in and out and Chasing Amy, and Ellen coming out as gay all happened in the same year, which was 97. Right. And this was just 10 years later. So it's a different, very different world from that. Mm-hmm. But we are in a different world now from Chuck and Larry. But but what was going on in the right. world of 2007? I'm going to make a wild statement, which is that we were in a different area, area, era in 2007 
um, most of us, but straight white men were in a whole different era. <laughs> and that is why this movie was made. I think th- there is a, I'm going to read a Common Sense Media review first. Whoa. So that I, I know I'm totally breaking our protocol here, but this was a very telling review. So I'm going to say what a 15 year old white boy wrote. I went to see this movie with my girlfriend the exact day it came out. It contains a lot of stereotypes from gay to fat to Asian. It is indeed a funny movie, but very offensive if you don't take jokes too well. Maybe because none of the stereotypes applied to me, but it was a good movie. That is like, I think, the the mindset of this movie. We are looking at it from a very different point of view than, say, you or I who are very uh, involved in how things are changing in real time because we're online in being a human being yeah 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 so so i i think as i go into the former current events which are actually just focused on lgbt history because we did have our former current events from 2007 in the juno episode true yeah if you really want to go and know what the top songs were that year feel free to listen to that but uh that is the mindset of a straight white man so here are the the events from that year. Uh, registered domestic partnerships and or civil unions became legal only in certain parts of Mexico, including Coahuila and Mexico City, Switzerland, South Australia, Uruguay, Hungary, and the states of Washington and New Hampshire. Uh, the states of Colorado, Iowa, Oregon, Ohio, and Vermont put a ban up for discrimination based on sexual orientation in the private sector. And the states of Kansas and Michigan did the same executive order banning discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity in the public sector. So that's not all 50 states, if you'll Mm -hmm. notice. Um, No, that's actually a pretty small number of states. Super tiny. And some of them are surprising. I I was surprised to see Kansas in there. But uh, more power to you, Kansas. Uh, (laughs) Homosexuality was decriminalized in Nepal and New Zealand uh, in that same year. The first ever Pride Parade in Istanbul, Turkey, was held that year. Um, Logo, the cable channel, hosted the first presidential forum for the United States presidency. Only six Democratic Party candidates participated in the event because it was specifically on LGBT issues. The GOP candidates were asked to attend, but they, of course they turned it down. They had obviously not seen this movie and had their minds changed by Chuck and Larry, but I digress. Um, on oh, and Ellen DeGeneres was the first openly gay person to host the Academy Awards that year. So mm. there was a lot of stuff going on, but as we see, there's a lot of uh, narrow-minded viewpoints in this movie. So that's why I brought up that common sense media review. We are looking at a very specific time through a very specific lens. That doesn't mean that I'm uh, forgiving the point of view. I'm just saying, let's all jump into the mind of straight cis white men. Yeah, and and hope mo- we survive. <laughs> this movie, uh, as you would expect, did not automatically make things better uh, for queer people. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, because it I, did. You, it did for the straight people who watched it. Maybe. Maybe, but like, because um, the year. In case you're wondering, just how different this time was. The year after this film came out was when California passed Proposition Eight. Which was the ballot measure that banned gay marriage in California, uh, which has you know since been struck down. But it's just like 
this was still like something people were voting against in large mm-hmm. numbers and, and, Super and opposed wild. to. Uh, the funny thing is, is that I was in San Francisco during the Prop 8 thing. I was going to protest and everything. It, it was, all of it was just very disappointing. But what's more, more disappointing is that same-sex marriage wasn't legalized in all 50 states by the Supreme Court until only five years ago. Yep. That's not that long ago. It's not very long ago at all. 2015, June 26th, the Supreme Court struck down all state bans on same-sex marriage, and it le- it was legalized in all 50 states and required states to honor out-of-state same-sex marriage licenses as well. That is wild. Yeah. Uh, completely wild, uh, and uh, it sucks uh, that, that <laughs> yeah. it was that recent. Um, it is weird because we do cover, I think, uh, a lot of movies about LGBT issues because that is one area where public opinion has shifted so much so quickly yeah. that films that tend to tackle these issues, uh, you know, tend to like kind of really age very quickly as well. Right. right. Um, Another thing is uh, I, I do want to recognize that a lot of queer stories that are made are generally tragedies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're generally very dramatic and one of the characters who is a love interest dies so in a way this because yeah re- just this, real fucking trailblazer here. this goes in a different direction but at the same time the characters aren't gay but it still goes in a different direction because there's no like s- snuff yeah there's no situation. there's no tragedy there's no death um, there, there's no moment at any point where you feel, I think, sad, other than, like, if you watch the movie today, you're sad that you're spending your time doing it. Yeah, I gotta, but... I gotta admit, Tony, that I didn't watch it until today when we were <laughs> recording it because I've been putting it off every day. I usually am really good about it, but today I was like, mm, <laughs> I guess I have a couple of hours before I have to start recording. I should watch the movie that we're gonna be talking about, even though I don't want to at all. Well, I'll tell you, uh, I'll tell you who did watch this movie when it came out uh, was everybody. Um, <laughs> this movie uh, opened at number one, uh, and uh, for the record, it opened against Hairspray. Uh, oh, so th- I, I definitely was watching Hairspray. Sorry, yeah. guys. Beat Hairspray at the box office and knocked out the previous number one film, which was Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. <laughs> uh, worldwide. Oh my God. Yeah, worldwide gross of this film is $186 million. Uh, It was the 22nd highest grossing film of 2007. Uh, Yet another massive success for Adam Sandler. Wow. And uh, I think one of of the most successful Adam Sandler movies where he also has sex with five Asian women at the same time. (laughs) One One of them being Tila Tequila. Yeah. You know, I'm just glad she's still finding work. I know, uh, in 2007. Well, just to give some context on where this movie falls in the Adam Sandler uh, history. So we had 51st Dates in 2004, followed by Spanglish in the same year, then The Longest Yard in 2005. and then I saw Cl- Longest Yard on a date. Oh, that sucked. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice choice. Uh, and then Click in 2006 was another one. <laughs> Um, but interestingly, he was on an episode of The King of Queens with Kevin James, 
uh, as an uncredited person for mm-hmm. some for an episode, and then this movie came out. So Kevin James and Adam Sandler were really hanging out that year. Yeah, no, they were. But I think he's in Grown Ups, right? So like, I think yeah. they're buddies. In, yeah, but in they real hadn't life. gotten to Grown Ups quite yet. The okay. af- the movies after I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry in order were Don't Mess with the Zohan, Bedtime Stories, Funny People, then Grown Ups. So this is like towards the end of the, the, the started downfall that I'm talking about. I'm trying to investigate what happened. Did you see Grown Ups? I didn't. Oh, okay. It's I refused. Bad. It's real bad. <laughs> and it's like three hours long. I think it's because I watched Don't Mess with the Zohan and I was like, oh, I think Adam Sandler's dead to me. <laughs> He's not. But now. But, but, but still. But still. What happened, Tony? Well... Let's at least talk about this movie. Okay. Maybe that'll get us closer. <laughs> so, we... The first question. Uh, we have an outline that we oh, use yeah. to record our episodes, just so that we're... You on know, the same page. Uh, we're, staying, we're on the same page. We're staying on topic. And the first question is, is this the worst movie we've ever watched? And I think we've established it's not, but for it's me, not. it's probably top three. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. Bringing Down the House is one... This is two for me. This is two. Garden State three. Yeah. So. Oh. I, <laughs> I forgot about Garden State. So. Yeah. We're introduced to the two characters right away at their uh. firehouse in Brooklyn. And let me tell you something about Chuck. Is he is quite the ladies man. Mm-hmm. He's so hetero. He is hot lady. Walks up to him. And is like, he slept with my twin sister. And uh, then her twin sister shows up, and it turns out they're both still horny for Chuck. Um, there's a there's a scene where in this scene Chuck is like, "Ah, oh, well, your sisters kiss and make up. Use your tongues." And you think, "Oh boy, I'm gonna see two girls make out. This will definitely make watching I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry worth it." Uh, but then the fire alarm goes off, and the guys all gotta put out a fire. Yeah. I thought at that point I should just turn it off and pretend that I watched it and just let you talk. Or at least, like, scrub through it so I can kind of get a vague idea of what happens. But I stuck through it. This is how dedicated I am to this pod. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, So uh, Larry is his buddy. They do some firefighting together. They rescue a morbidly obese man uh, from a house. Uh, That was a really tough thing to get behind as a joke like i like the reason it's tough for me to get behind is because the joke is there's a man here who can't move and he might burn to death yeah yeah and they the the whole joke is they can't lift him up so they have him grab the back of their jackets and then they start running really fast which makes no sense right it's like a cart it's like the flintstones like how they run and their cars move makes no sense it makes no sense and then they land uh they fall down the stairs yeah tumbling down with this man and he lands on adam sandler in like the 69 position and then james what's his name what's his fucking name the character's name is larry larry he's like are you okay and adam sandler gives him the thumbs up and then of course the morbidly obese man farts and then he gives the thumbs down so this just kind of sets the bar of what we're looking at I wrote, hell yeah, there's that fart joke. (laughs) You gotta get one in there. Uh, We also get introduced to uh, Larry's family 
and uh, kind of his predicament. Uh, do you want to talk about uh, Larry's kids at all, Nadia? Any any noticeable traits uh, that Larry's kids have? Yeah, so the he has a little girl named Tori uh, who has, you know, she's got the pigtails thing. She's a little bit of a tomboy. She likes watching baseball. Um, and she, he also has a son who is very obviously gay and loves musical theater and tap dancing and being overall very sweet and observant. And uh, Larry doesn't like that. Larry doesn't like how effeminate his son is acting. Yeah. Uh, very he, insecure about it. He, he's He wants him to just watch some baseball. Yeah. Uh, so I think Larry's going to come out of this learning a thing or two. He better. Because I really uh, love that kid. Those kids were the best part of this movie. Uh, he's a very good actor. I'll say that. Very good kids. Um, and uh, there's some jokes about, like, calling the automated pension system and, like, the voice recognition system doesn't work. That's always that's always a real deep well to go to. <laughs> it's so universal. Um, and, uh, and, and basically he goes to, um, the city office and, and, you know, kind of as we described earlier, uh, when his wife passed away, he had a year to change the beneficiary on his pension, uh, but he didn't do it because he was so shaken by her death. Um, so what the, um, pension clerk who is played by Rachel Dratch suggests is that he get married again because that'll that's a uh, qualifying life event that'll allow him to to switch his beneficiary over in a um, faster way yes in a faster i don't under way. i would like to understand a little more the bureaucracy behind changing that if he was at the office couldn't she just have changed it it's like it, it, like on the one hand it's like okay yes i get it it's a movie about how health insurance and pension and the social safety net have all been gutted and they've been slowed down man it's a fucking stupid conservative project since 1980 to gut this stuff and that's what we need to fight against um and that's not what this movie's about as it turns out no 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 <laughs> it needed to just be the reason why this happened yeah but i mean just you know as much as we like to think that this movie says something it tried with this and then ultimately failed because yeah. they went in a, they took a hard left different direction uh, <laughs> entirely um and we i'm just i'm just flying through the opening i don't know 30 minutes of long. this movie because it takes a long time to get to the actual plot um what they're the trying other... to do is establishing how good of friends uh chuck and larry are though right and so that's where we get to the moment where where larry saves chuck's life right um, so the, they they go into a burning building just to do like a once over. Yeah, secondary and, search. Yeah, and then Adam Sandler finds a dead rat and says, "I'll give you a thousand dollars to eat this dead rat." And Larry's like, "Shut up!" And then the the ceiling caves in, and Adam Sandler falls onto Kevin James, and then a uh, chandelier falls on Kevin James, and they both get knocked out. And that mm. is, but they're both saved. They both are alive, which is great. Hail Mary. Yeah. Um, I did make a note here. There are some great tracksuits, like, kind of throughout this movie. Love the tracksuits. Love the tracksuits. Adam Sandler, most of the movie he is spending in a Puma tracksuit. <laughs> and it's a good maybe that Maybe that is where it's going wrong. Because, you know, he, how he always wears, like, basketball shorts when he's on yeah. Jimmy Kimmel and stuff. Maybe yeah. because he's getting lazy with what he wears in his movies, that's why they get bad. Um, are we getting somewhere? Mm, I think it's got to be deeper than that. <laughs> the 
they wake up in the hospital, you know, Adam Sandler's hitting on the doctor because he's just a real fucking pig for yeah. most of this movie. He's a real ladies' man. Um, and, uh, and then, uh, they go home. Waitresses from, like, whatever the Asian version of Hooters is, which I know is not Benihana. Uh, <laughs> it's from The Office. Yeah. But, <laughs> but um uh pick chuck up from the hospital uh and uh and then larry goes home and that's when the the revelation strikes him can i say i have to admit when the his kids go to see him in the hospital i cried the little when the little girl was crying i was like oh god yeah his kids are freaked out because 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 their mom passed away right 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 and so they see him in the hospital being hurt on a job and the little girl is crying and goes and hugs him and i was just like oh okay maybe this is not the movie that i thought i was going to be watching but then the hooters girls came out of a of a car of a van (laughs) i was like forget it (laughs) like and that and that's what gives larry this sense of urgency right is like his wife is already gone right like he he can't he he's at risk of dying too because he's a fireman he's in a high risk job and he's got to do something uh, and so that's when it strikes him when he sees a story in the paper and he knocks on Adam Sandler's door at four in the morning and he's like, this is the solution. We get a domestic partnership and Adam Sandler says a slur twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that comes back at the end. It's not worth it. <laughs> it's not worth it. Now, I'm not going to say what the slur is. Y'all can guess. Just like if you Google homophobic slur, which don't Google it, but if you don't, Google homophobic yeah. slur, it's going to be the first one that comes up. Yeah. Um, but like there's a scene towards the end of the film where Adam Sandler's like, hey guys, don't say that word. That word's not cool. And I'm like, well, you fucking said it 12 times in this movie. Yeah, yeah. So so Kevin James is like, no, like this is actually a really good idea. This will make sure that my kids are taken care of. And all of a sudden, the girls from Asian Hooters come out Matching in sex- lingerie. In matching lingerie, including Tila Tequila, and are like, we're thirsty, can we have a drink? And then they all bend over in front of the refrigerator to find the drink. Finally something for the fellas. Yeah. This movie does not treat women well. <laughs> we have a lot of diversity in the casting, though, <laughs> which is great. We yeah, love Ming to- we- is in this. We love to see it, but they treat women terribly. Just... I can't believe but, it. Hey, hey. But you know who else was at Adam Sandler's place was the hot doctor from earlier. Right, right. The hot doctor that told them they were going to be okay. Yeah. She's also there, also in matching lingerie, and Adam Sandler's like, who untied you? <laughs> so. Yeah. So what we know so far, <laughs> as far as this movie goes, is Chuck and Larry are really good friends. Larry is kind of he's hapless he's doing his best but he's not doing great but chuck is doing excellently real well he loves pussy (laughs) and i hate saying that i felt gross saying it but it's like the best way to characterize him right he is just the straightest guy he loves women he's all he's picking up girls left and right they live two very different lives and this one arrangement is just gonna turn their worlds upside down i i used the term poon hound earlier and i that was pretty good thank you i said that to my wife as well when talking about what the film was about and she's like is that the term they use in the movie i'm like no no she's <laughs> like so that's just you that's just you coming up with that 
unfortunately yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> who are we becoming making uh, this podcast i hate what this has done to me um <laughs> there is a, a a decent line here where chuck said oh and, and the other piece of his is like also it just we'll get the domestic partnership we'll go to city hall get it done super fast you just forward your mail to my place for a couple months right. um and we'll make it work and there is one line that was kind of funny uh where adam sandler says if we were gay don't you think I'd be with someone a little hotter looking than you? <laughs> he says, I'm Mr. February. It's like the prom king going out with a tuba player. <laughs> you love that. I do love, love that. that. You're such a band geek. I have to say, I don't want to sound fucking thirsty as hell, but Adam Sandler looks good in this movie. He does. <laughs> yeah, he's he's definitely, yeah, he looks all right in this movie. I don't know if he looks six Asian waitresses all right. No, no, no. But, but he's got some good arms going. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's Mr. February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believed it. I was like, wow, he, okay, okay. Anyway, so they they uh, get a call, or not a call, but a visit from It's someone. Michael McDonald, isn't it? Is it? I think so. The guy from Mad TV? Oh, yeah, no, not not the guy from think, the Doobie Brothers. I don't. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> what a fool believes? No, no, no. Uh, no, I don't think that's Michael McDonald. Okay. Let, I'll look it up like. though. I'll yeah. look it up. Yeah. Hold on. I'll but look it but up. they get a visit from from a, a guy at the pension office, um, who's like, hey, you know, I'm just following up to see uh, how your civil partnership is going. Now, Chuck does not live at Larry's house, um, and in, he has been forwarding his mail there, which is pretty much all porn. Which I don't <laughs> know who gets porn through the mail in 2007, but. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. But uh, this pension paperwork guy comes like, yeah, no, we just need to follow up, make sure, like, it's a real thing and not a sham civil union to cheat the pension system. And Kevin James is like, well, shit. Uh, yeah, so they are just, like, panicking. They're like, holy shit, what do we do? We need to get a lawyer. Yeah, and Chuck actually shows up in the middle of that meeting, and there is one another line that made me laugh okay i laughed a couple times in this movie there is okay. one line that made me laugh where the the pension guy's like yeah we need to make sure that there's no fraud or anything and chuck says fraud that makes me so sad and gay <laughs> it's funnier when you say it not when he says it what happened there i did the, the joke where it's like when the joke is adam sandler has no idea what being gay means and the butt of the joke is supposed to be he's doing a stupid <laughs> hetero impression of what being gay is. That's okay. When when it's like, so you're gay, right? And he's like, yep, balls and wieners all the way. Like, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, 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 for sure. But those moments are few and far between. They're few and far between. But, um, yeah, so they, they have to come up with some sort of plan. But they need to figure out exactly how in trouble they are if should things go south. So they go to a lawyer who happens to be the hottest lawyer in New York City, Jessica Biel. Look, I don't, like, she's not my type. And I don't, and clearly, like, she comes out, she gets the music cue, Sandler's PP is going doing, doing, doing. <laughs> and, but I just did don't. You, did you know you were going to say that? Yeah, I wrote it down. I wrote oh, Sandler, Sandler's PP go doing, doing, doing. <laughs> I do not find her particularly hot. I, I thought that during before I watched this. 
but then I saw how symmetrical her face was, and I thought, she is certainly very beautiful. Sure. But I don't think, but who am I, obviously? Who but are I we? Jo- who, who are, are we? we? But I don't think that I can count her being a love interest because, as I have said before, when a beautiful woman is the love interest for a comedian, I count that as a plot hole. <laughs> so I can't, I can't get on board with this. <laughs> and you are, you are watching a movie with Kevin James, who pioneered this format in television. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, Adam Sandler has had some great people in his previous movies that I feel I feel more are more believable. The woman from Chasing Amy was in Big Daddy. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Joey Lauren Adams. Right. Uh Vicky Valancourt, she was beautiful in a scary way. That made sense. But Jessica Beale, Mrs. Timberlake? <laughs> I don't I don't see it. It's a plot hole. It's a plot hole for me. Uh, but he loves looking at her ass. Yeah. Um he moves her furniture around as she walks around her office to get paperwork and files and things like that. And he moves them around just so that he can stare at her. And Larry is like, please stop, please stop. But eventually she reveals that people who have committed this type of fraud, uh, claiming that they're in a domestic partnership but aren't actually in a domestic partnership because they're not actually gay, have gone to prison for three to five years each. Yeah. And anyone else who was involved who knew about that would also go to prison. And so they're like, fuck. <laughs> so they're in way over their heads. And they're like, well, you know, what advice do you have to keep the city off our backs? And she says, well, easiest way to do it is drive up to Canada and get married. Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, because I think that additional level, if, if you are so committed to your partnership that you would travel, again, 2007, you'd have to travel out of the country to get married to have a, to you know go that extra step um and you have documentation of that i think you can you know use that in your defense with the city i think is the thinking here okay okay that makes sense to me so they go up to niagara falls and uh find the cheapest roadside chapel they can and uh the proprietor of the chapel is an uncredited rob schneider uh who has been painted to look like a hilarious Japanese man. Uh, I think they put prosthetics on his eyes, Tony. Oh, almost definitely, yes. I was trying to figure it out. In some shots, it didn't look like it. In other shots, it definitely did. So maybe they did a few without. Incredible to me that this made the film. I I was cringing so hard. Yeah. The funny thing was is that there was a somebody using a leaf blower outside, so I had to put the subtitles on because I couldn't hear what was going on. <laughs> and I'm so happy because when that character came back at the le- the end of the movie, I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so I was spared at first, but now. <laughs> yeah, cause you didn't hear him talk. Yeah. I couldn't hear him talk, and now I have to go back and just oh, I can't believe it. I really Utter- can't believe it. Utterly horrifying. Uh, to watch this and and so in they 2007. do 2007 yeah they do the um ceremony right and they get the uh, deluxe gay package the deluxe gay package and um and asian rob schneider is like okay you can now kiss each other and 
Chuck and Larry look each other, look at each other like, what? This thought didn't occur to us as we went to plan our own wedding. Right. And then Kevin James did the 90% from yeah, his. Yes. Goes, goes in 90% and Adam Sandler punches him in the face. Because that's how straight he is. Yeah. And um, Rob Schneider's like, oh, 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 can you do that to me? Because Adam Sandler's like, that's how we do it at our house. <laughs> that made me laugh. Yeah, that did not make me laugh. But uh, they have the reception. They have a witness. They paid a homeless man to witness their wedding. Uh, we get to see the reception. Who is Sean Hunter's dad from Boy Meets World? Yeah. He he also plays the the homeless man in Waterboy. Nice. Um, yeah, basically all the um, all the Adam Sandler stable of friends comes out for this one. Schneider's in this. Spade is in this. Steve Buscemi, of course. We'll talk of about course. him later. Um, oh, and did you know that the guy who who was like, I love you guys at the end, uh, he is Adam Sandler's assistant. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, Adam Sandler always puts him in his movies. Oh, see, that's what, sweet. that's what I hear about Adam Sandler. He's such a lovely person to work with. Yeah, uh, but, but just what the but fuck? What the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> um, Pardon. So they have, so they they get the deluxe package because it has the most photos. Photos. Right? That's a really important piece of evidence that they have to have. They have to have photos from the wedding. So you know they take photos of themselves dancing together with the homeless man who like suddenly can break dance and do <laughs> Russian dancing. It was very weird. Um, and eventually we see that they have to move in together. The funny thing about this movie is that time passes from scene to scene. With nothing we, indicating the passage of nothing time. Nothing indicating except like a throwaway line of dialogue like, we've been working on this for a couple of weeks. Let's like, whoa. <laughs> so I guess they're back from Niagara Falls and they're moving Chuck's Moved stuff in. in. Um, his Adam Sandler's porn is still coming through the mail. He starts showing it to Larry's son, you know, to try and give Larry a healthy grasp on his own sexuality. I love any movie that involves, you know, showing pornography to a child. I'm not going to knock that. While but... another child is, had fallen <laughs> into the toilet and is stuck. <laughs> just two things happening that were so interesting. Just... just... You know, so just some real stupid shit happening. But Adam Sandler, and this is the moment in the film, I think, when I laugh the hardest. A Adam Sandler is like, well, I'm sleeping in the bed with you. <laughs> and Kevin James is like, my dead wife slept on that side of the bed. I'm not ready for someone else to sleep there yet. And Adam Sandler's like, okay, well, I need somewhere to sleep, so I'm sleeping here. And, they, and he crawls into the bed. And Kevin James turns off the light, and Adam Sandler starts impersonating the ghost of Larry's dead wife. Just, no, don't lay on me. You betrayed me, Larry. And it's very dark, but it actually made good. me laugh pretty hard. It was hard. very good. It was very good. But uh, obviously, we know that now Larry is like really still really bummed and hasn't gotten over the grief from right. his wife, which we never talk about again. Really, I, it comes up like one more time in that. Yeah, movie. but there's no real resolution. Yeah, like emotionally. Yeah, but you know the seed is planted. Yeah, we are introduced to the gay inspector, uh, oh, who Steve is Buscemi. Steve Buscemi himself, a former firefighter in real life. That's uh, true. And uh, Steve Buscemi, by the way, an outstanding actor and director, just in general. Just wonderful. Um, you know, I, I really I, like him in Mr. Deeds. 
He's great in Mr. Deeds as Crazy Eyes. He's you know. great in Big Daddy as the homeless guy who wants Adam Sandler to give him an Egg McMuffin. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and then for, like, serious roles, I mean, season five of The Sopranos, guys. He's Tony's cousin. He gets out of jail. He wants to go straight. For those of you wondering how that turns out, he's not in season six. <laughs> <And> so... <laughs> he's also in Boardwalk Empire. Yes, yes. Great, great actor. Uh, I don't think he has a ton to do in this movie, and what little he has to do is exceptionally weird. Uh, which <laughs> I is... think he really can let his freak flag fly when he is doing an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, because he's a goofy-looking guy, yeah. so it's easy for him to play, like, a, a weird dude. Um, and so he's, like, going through Chuck and Larry's trash and trying to get to the bottom of how gay they are. Yeah, and you know what? Their trash isn't really that gay. No, so they're trying to figure out gayer stuff they can put in the trash. So they go to CVS, and they're just grabbing a bunch of shit like Barbara Streisand CDs that they're just going to put in the trash. KY Jelly. Just, I don't understand that. And then then Larry's like, what about tampons? He's like, no, that's not. Well, we have vaginas now? Put that back. That part was pretty funny. I I, I wanted to understand the logic of it, and I really liked the silliness of, all right, we're getting a Barry Manilow CD, and we're going to get a Barbra Streisand CD. We're going to throw it in the trash, and they're going to know that we're gay. Um, And and we run into Jessica Biel again, and Adam Sandler is still horny for her, and she's Mm -hmm. like, we got a fundraiser coming up. Um, You and Larry should come. Uh, and it's a it's a it's an AIDS fundraiser. And it's a costume party, um, and it's like, oh yeah, it sounds great and super gay. We'll come to that. We're because we're gay. Because <laughs> we're gay. Um, and uh, before we get to the party, there's one other scene I wanted to call out, which is the mailman, um, Robert Smigel, who is Robert Smigel. Yes, <laughs> and this is I think the best written scene in the series because the mailman is gay. He learns that Chuck and Larry are gay, and it's just a string of maybe. 20 gay sex puns so related good. to the postal service it was so good it's so yeah i'm good at handling sensitive packages okay thank you sir and uh i can deliver in the rear yes i'm sure you can through <laughs> the back like, door through, uh, yeah. i i can handle it with care yeah exactly like that was i mean it's an extremely robert smigel type bit but that it is, was great I it went on it. it went on too long which is it, it gave me conan flashbacks of the bits on conan that just went for too long that were so uncomfortable that you just can't look away yeah. it was great i really loved it that's kind of why i feel like this isn't as bad as bringing down the house there were there are redeemable moments well, in this movie down, i think bringing down the house also had serious structural problems um, well yeah 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 bringing down the house like had subplots for like steve martin's kids that are touched once and then never brought back (laughs) right 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 here like there's a standard like three-act structure they're following that like all like kind of makes sense it's a stupid premise yeah yeah yeah. but they're executing it like they know how to make a fucking movie right but i don't think that this movie is like that bad like it's bad but i'm not saying because there are moments like this where i'm just like okay this is this is great we, I get this. We have some more scenes to cover. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a, just a podcast where we watch lowbrow comedies that I love and like <laughs> tolerate. And you're just like, no, <laughs> fuck you, Nadia. <laughs> um, I'm not saying fuck you, Nadia, but let's talk about the party because they go, they're dressed as an apple. And uh, actually, Kevin, Kevin James Apple costume is hilarious it's very it's very funny i think uh, it's the same apple costume from the fruit of the loom yes that's exactly what i was thinking yeah 
Do you um, remember those commercials? It was like a guy dressed as a banana and a grape yeah. and another yeah, one. Like, oh, there's a lot of apple in this one. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Adam Sandler's Dracula. Uh, and uh, they're like, oh, what kind of party is it? And they go in and it's just the gayest dance party. Uh, Homopalooza. Homopalooza, in the words of Adam Sandler. Yeah, and Nick Swardson, who we <laughs> talked about last episode. Friend of the show, Nick Swardson. We love him, and he plays a really lovable character. I personally yeah. thought he was very funny, and he was very truthful and not over the top. It is a good role for him, actually. So, yeah. yeah he's Jessica Biel's gay brother. Um, and, and he was and, dressed as a butterfly. And yeah. he was really milking it in a very sweet way. I really yeah. genuinely like his choices. It doesn't ever seem to be coming from a place of, like, I'm making fun of a gay person, mm-hmm. which is great. So speaking of making fun of a gay person, David Spade also has an uncredited <laughs> role <laughs> yeah, in so, this film. So Chuck is trying to find Jessica Biel uh, at s- somewhere because he's like, I got to, like, lay my moves down. And he sees a woman in a Playboy Bunny outfit kind of swaying her hips to the song. And he's like, ooh, yeah, let me go over there. It looks like Jessica Biel. And then the person turns around and it's David Spade. David Spade, uncredited, listed in the script as transvestite. Oh. Uh, (laughs) uh, Calls Adam Sandler a whore. Uh, They will call back to his character one more time. Yes. Um, But yeah, they... They're having this party, and Kevin James is like, I gotta go to the bathroom. And Adam Sandler is like, are you fucking serious Like this at this party? Why? Why? And he's like, well, I'm gonna go do it. And he goes to the bathroom, and there's this, like, it's very funny, because he presses on this part of his Apple costume, and the front op- <laughs> flap opens, like a little door, and then he can go to the bathroom, but not before he sees a bowl of condoms. And he's like, oh no, gay panic, and that's the whole joke. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, they folks. Eventually, they eventually do find Jessica Beale. There's a dance scene where they're like pushed in the circle. They're like, oh no, gay guys know how to dance good. Uh, and they save it by slow dancing. Okay, this is my question. How many gay parties do you think, or gay clubs even, do you think Adam Sandler went to for research? Like, oh is do you, do you think this is based on a real experience? Because this, I've never been to a party that was like this where there was a circle in the middle and people had to go in and take turns dancing like that's something you did in high school it's very pop it's very easy for me to imagine him doing no research or practice (laughs) yeah when you go to like a real gay club everybody does there are people who dance poorly because that's just the way the world works but there's no circle where people are like, let me show off my moves into a dance battle. Well, it's an AIDS fundraiser. You know, they may have had it on the on the agenda or something. <laughs> dance off? Yeah. For uh, maybe uh, it, it may have been like, yeah, the winner gets $5,000 to their to the same AIDS. It doesn't matter. They <laughs> leave the party. Rob Corddry and a bunch of angry Christians are there protesting gayness. Hmm. Um, Gay is not the way, they say. Right, and as happens in every Adam Sandler movie, there's a movie where Adam Sandler punches a dude in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually pretty funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, but the but problem is that... But he's noticing that the people are upsetting 
the the gay people leaving the party these people are are making are shaming them and some people are crying and being really upset and that makes adam sandler feel really upset that's the thing this is the turn for adam sandler right this is where he starts to realize like hey wait a second uh these gay people are worth defending right Uh, this is where the 15 year old common sense media writer who said maybe because none of the stereotypes applied to me was proven wrong because yeah. for for Adam Sandler he's pretending to be gay and so by proxy he now has gay problems. Yeah. <laughs> um so the problem is that the scuffle gets covered by the paper which really? means Wait, what they... was the headline? It was so good. It oh, was I don't... I... Gay Bashers Bashed at Gay Bash. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> um but this is a problem because now Kevin James and Adam Sandler are like pictured in the paper as a gay couple oh shit and all the the chief knows the chief of their firehouse who is dan Aykroyd, knows that um they're just doing it to defraud the pension system yeah <laughs> um, i don't know how he found that out the he I, I don't know either but the rest of the firefighters um are skeeved out by this now yeah they don't want to play basketball with them because there's a lot of contact mm-hmm. uh they don't want to be in the same shower with them right um but there is a very long shower scene so long so we should talk about yeah the the one fireman who uh does appreciate that they're gay is ving rames uh a new addition to the firehouse who it turns out is also gay yeah everyone was a little afraid of him at first they kind of thought that he was transferred from another uh, firehouse because he was like a murderer or something but it turns out he was just gay yeah <laughs> so there's a shower scene and you're like ugh. well the dumbest thing that would happen in this shower scene is if like one guy dropped the soap and then everybody stared at it but i'm here to tell you that two guys dropped the soap yep it happened twice but happened. we do see two butts which is pretty cool <laughs> <There's>... <laughs> yes there are there are butts um and uh, everybody's like skeeped out by it because you know if you drop the soap, the gay guy will just run up and fuck you. We all know how it works. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, and also then Ving Rhames picks up the soap in the shower and begins singing "I'm Every Woman." Yep. Yep. And then Chuck and Larry sing along the "Whoa, Whoa, Whoa" <laughs> part, which I thought was funny. Uh, that is the scene also where I thought Adam Sandler was looking fucking good. <laughs> i'm thirsty for adam sandler it that's, seems that's fine it's fine <laughs> uh worse you... things have happened in this movie no oh, yeah absolutely uh you want to talk about girls day because oh that's my a god pretty, so here's the thing pretty jessica bad Beale, thing. jessica beale and nick swartzen asked chuck and larry who was the top and who was the bottom basically mm-hmm. and everybody was saying that they expected chuck adam sandler to be the quote-unquote woman Mm. in the relationship so jessica beale is like do you want to have a girl's day with me because for some reason that is just what you say to your gay friends that's not what i well only only to the bottoms only to the bottoms right (laughs) kevin james is not invited he has he's a top uh so they go shopping and there's this whole montage of her you know holding up lingerie and him being like no yes no and then another gay guy who looks like dave matthews it is it is dave matthews it is yes (laughs) yes i knew it he was holding up 
different things for Jessica Biel to wear. And Adam Sandler was shaking his head. No, eventually Dave Matthews was like, do you want to fuck? And Adam Sandler was like, no, I'm married. I'm married. Yeah. Yeah. This is, we're, we're breaking stereotypes. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that 100% was Dave Matthews. (laughs) Okay, good. I was like, this looks like Dave Matthews, but maybe they just got a guy that look, now I, okay. (laughs) Also guest starred on house. Uh, so, okay. So they end up at Jessica Beale's apartment. Uh, this is we, the, another scene that's way too long. Just the most bonker shit scene, um, which is uh, that Jessica Beale is they they are coming out of the rain. Jessica Beale is soaking wet. She takes off all of her clothes. She is in her underwear, and then she's like, "Hey, do you want to touch my boobs?" Because everybody thinks they're fake, but they're real. Which. Like, there's not even a transition into that topic. No. No. I have an issue with this on a Oh, no level. shit. <laughs> I, not, just the, not just that, but I have an issue with this whole idea that it's like a, a straight guy idea that a girl and her gay best friend do everything together, including, like, get naked with each other or, like, give each other foot rubs or anything like that. I'm here to tell you that's not the case i don't undress in front of my guy friends who happen to be gay i don't know of a lot of people who do that unless you're in like a theater show together and you're backstage and you have to do a quick change in a hurry yeah yeah but i i think there is this like misconception from straight guys that think that like gay guys are very lucky because women don't see them as like a sexual entity so they can get naked around them and stuff like that and that is like that's a very not good, damaging kind of way of looking at it. So this this is the point of view of the straight man that I like. I can't I can't get behind at all. Yeah. A lot of it is like based in just being super dumb and funny, but this is just like, dude, this is the worst. Anyways, so he touches her boobs for a while. He like um, bounces them around. Yeah, it's ugh. it's gross. Um, do you, what do you think Jessica Biel was thinking? Just Jessica Biel, the actress? Yeah. I uh, mean, you see it on the call sheet. This is the scene we're doing today. What do you um, think? She's just like, I guess I'm getting paid a lot of money for yeah, this. Yeah, I like, mean, that's how I would have approached it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know and, how I personally would handle that. And then there's, a, a, and I don't know if it's this scene or the next one, but there, there's another scene where, you know, Chuck is talking about um, how he and Larry are, are starting to get ostracized by the rest of the firemen. And Jessica Biel says, you know what bothers me? Those guidos wouldn't let you play basketball with them. Which, guys, <laughs> I hate to bring it up again, but we've once again returned to America's original sin, racism against Italian-Americans. <laughs> um, Boo! And then, and then she whines about not being able to fuck good. And then she's like, how do you, Chuck, how do you um, seduce Larry or whatever? And then they almost fuck. Yeah. He like rubs her ear and she likes it. That was weird. Yeah. And then they start making out. And he's like, well, he hits me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It was like, yeah, let's throw in a domestic violence joke too. Like. Yeah, he's like, Larry is always watching baseball, and he never pays attention to me. 
I mean, it could be one thing if they had been more inclusive of the LGBT community. He could have been like, look, I'm not actually gay. I'm bi. Which is... Yeah, that would have definitely saved it. That's horrifying and gaslighting, but (laughs) it would be more believable than what he did. (laughs) But also she was like, no, I believe in marriage. I believe in the sanctity of marriage. We can't do this to, to... to larry but also you guys are my clients this is not okay but at what point did she cross the line with hanging out with him it's like you can look we're you i work for you there's a professional relationship here i work for you feel my tits yeah we can go shopping you can feel my butt yeah (laughs) it's funny because she calls him out for feeling her up but she's the one who is like you should feel me up yes but whatever not, that that was not a, a, a blame, blaming the woman thing blame that I spiral. just did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but th- this all just is all. This all is very bad. This is not a great. This is where I kind of wanted to turn it <laughs> off, but I just got a snack instead. Yeah. Um, we also learned that the the firemen officially want Chuck and Larry transferred to another firehouse, and that pisses them off because yeah. Larry that Larry then storms into like the break room and recounts for each of the firemen the time that chuck like saved all their asses right yeah yeah they're such homophobes it's really sad yeah and but you know then the the fire bell goes off and they have to go save somebody and they're like and he's like the guy who usually saves you is not coming on this because now we're on different shifts so fuck you and then he slides down the pole yeah i would love to slide down one of those poles yeah that'd be fun that'd be so Uh, fun anyway um more fun than this movie yeah so now there's gonna be like a big trial and like there's like a hearing with the brooklyn city council or something like okay so here's the thing there's a there's a hearing the climax of the film happens at a hearing and Outside of the hearing are anti-gay protesters and pro-gay protesters that are like, gay people have rights. Here's the deal. The subject of the hearing is not whether gay people have rights. Yeah. The subject of the hearing is, did Chuck and Larry commit fraud? Right. But also, so, how did those people find out when their hearing was? Yeah. A borough-level pension hearing. Like. Yeah. Is So, in this other world inside of this movie... <laughs> There's another movie going on where all these people are inspired by this Dracula man punching this, like, super evangelical Christian guy who hates gay people. And they're just like, we are now on their side. And it, is it because out Adam Sandler... Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Is it because Adam Sandler's like, I'm a firefighter? And so everyone's like, oh, it's because he's Mr. February. Yes. Okay, now I see. But that doesn't, it doesn't That's not justify. That's not just, enough. No, no. It doesn't justify how many people showed up. Like, masses of people outside the courthouse. Um, it, it doesn't make any sense because the subject of the trial doesn't make any sense. And right. the, one, the one thing is the rest of the firehouse did come around. And so they show up in their dress blues um, to, to uh, show support for Chuck right. and Larry. And one of the guys who was extra homophobic to Chuck specifically was like hey so why did you pick larry like i tweeze my eyebrows i work out <laughs> and he was like oh well you know i just like him chubby but you're a 10 dude you're a 10 and the guy was really excited about that which i yeah. thought for some reason was somewhat sweet <laughs> um there is a uh a, a, 
so they they have to like testify individually about how they met each other and how they fell in love so they need to keep that story going they're they are talking about meeting at the the firefighter academy and there is one very funny line where adam sandler's testifying he's like yes i remember he tried to eat the fire (laughs) and then out of nowhere there's a story about a kid drowning Um, oh yeah that was uh, it was like supposed to be where kevin james was like an emotional yes it's supposed to make this part serious where they realize they do care about each other quite a bit yeah yeah they love each other yeah yeah which they Um, say that they say that they do and and everyone's like oh um so they're about and so then steve buscemi who is um still a weird guy is like well the last thing i would ask your honor is that uh these two men kiss each other uh, they're like, well, that's kind of weird that you're asking that. And he's like, well, let's see. And then they, they go in to try and kiss each other. But before they do, Dan Aykroyd comes in. He's like, yeah, they're not gay. They're definitely straight. Yeah, but uh, you're just swimming over the fact that that kiss was like seven minutes long. It's so almost, long. They're just like keep Such going towards each scene. other. And it's supposed to be us going, no. But yeah, because yeah. I mean, and, and look, folks. If you watch the film, you know this. There is nothing more disgusting than a man kissing another man. So to draw it out for the lead yeah. up to that, yeah, it is was just that's comedy. That's what comedy is. Oh, one thing we forgot to mention is you know how Adam Sandler fucks a lot of women. Yes, that is something that the the Steve Buscemi character brings up of like all of these women said that they fucked Mr. February. Yes, as soon as. Yeah, As, depositions of, of all these women, yes. Right, and and he's like, well, I was doing that because I have commitment issues and I was ashamed of being gay, so I wanted to prove otherwise. But Larry forgave me for that. It's all good. And everyone's like, okay, that checks out. Yeah, okay, perfect. <laughs> Glad we figured that out. So Chuck and Larry uh, go to prison, but everyone else in the firehouse stands up and says, well, I knew about it, so you got to throw, if you're going to throw them in prison, you got to throw me in prison too. You throw one of us in the fire, we all go rushing in. So then they just all end up in prison. <laughs> yeah, that was supposed to be funny. And I... Right, it was a smash cut. And so they work out a deal with the city where they get out of prison, they get slapped on the wrist, and how do they have to make it right? They have to fundraise for AIDS. Right, by shooting a gay calendar. Right, right, right. Yes. Great. Which I don't understand <laughs> how that's meaningfully different from like a normal fireman calendar. It's not. <laughs> it's just not. If they, I mean, I think they just wanted to have a place to put the picture of Kevin James not wearing pants, holding Adam Sandler not wearing a shirt in their uniforms. I feel like if they really wanted to make like a statement, they could have done like a small montage of them doing like an AIDS benefit of some kind, maybe. <laughs> but like that didn't happen. I don't know. There's no way to really, as much as I like to kind of pitch new ideas of ways that a movie could have gone, there's nowhere to really go with this one. So, like, so I normally watch these movies in installments, like as I'm doing dishes every night. Sure. And. Um, so I had stopped this one 20 minutes before the end, like right before the trial. And I'm like talking to Stacy about it. 
And I'm like, I think it's probably going to be this, this, and this. And I did not predict they would have to shoot a gay calendar. I did not predict they were all <laughs> in prison. You know, didn't predict any of this. Um, I predicted something that didn't didn't really happen, but something similar to it happened, which was I thought, like, each of the firemen was going to stand up, like, at the end of In and Out. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And be like, like I'm well, gay too. I'm gay. I'm gay. Or like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Stacy's like, you should do this every time where you stop the movie 20 minutes from the end and then guess <laughs> What's going to happen? That's a really, really good plan, considering the ones we have coming up. Yeah. Um, so uh, the epilogue of the movie is uh, Swartzen and Ving Rhames get married at the chapel, the Japanese chapel. Really? Um, so unfortunately, we do have to see Rob Schneider in Yellowface again. <clears throat> Fortunately, yeah. Lance Bass is the uh, band leader there. Yeah, yeah. He, of course, just does backing vocals for the actual singer <laughs> who is in the band throughout the rest of the scene. Uh, but that was really great to see Lance Bass doing his best. And then uh, Jessica Beale is just kind of moping around because she knows that Adam Sandler's around. And she's still mad that he felt her up under false pretenses. Understandably so, I would say. Understandably so. But then he smooth talks her into dancing with him, and then everything's okay. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah, and that's how it ends. That's just it. And Mm -hmm. we see, like, in a background shot, Kevin James talking to another woman. So it's like, oh, I guess he's found a way to get over his grief. Like, Yeah, and they're just like, we gotta wrap this up. This movie's long. It's movie's two hours. Two hours. There was no reason for this movie to be two hours. It's not. One scene that we didn't mention that made me laugh was um, Kevin James was helping, or at like a, a career day thing at his mm-hmm. kid's school. Oh, yes, yes. And they they were all asking him questions about being gay, like the kids. It was very weird. Why would they know? But the one of the dads, who is played by another guy that's always in an Adam Sandler movie, uh, is like, hey, like we're good on chaperones yeah. for the Boy Scouts, and we're good on uh, the coach for Little League. Like, we don't really need you around because you're gay. And Kevin James just starts kicking his ass. Yeah, <laughs> and it's great because this one kid goes up to Kevin Kevin James's son, and he's like, "Your dad's gay," and the kid does the splits and punches him in the balls, and <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. Uh, okay, so there's a couple redeeming. There are a couple uh, redeeming scenes. It's not. It uh, wasn't a complete waste of my life. It it is because like to have parents to have a parent say to another parent, "Oh, now that I know you're gay, I don't want you on the Boy Scout trip or coaching Little League." And to have that be an extremely believable storyline in 2007, and also like a somewhat believable storyline in 2020, yeah, uh, is just uh, it's nuts to think about. It's a lot. It's a lot. But it yeah. was kind of cathartic to see that guy get his ass kicked. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, here we are with this movie where lots of things happened. We learned we learned that saying uh, slurs about gay people is not okay. Right. And that in the end, it's all about being there for your friend. And... Well, but at the same time, like, in the trial scene, Dan Aykroyd is like, the most important thing here is that being gay has nothing to do with who Chuck and Larry are as people. I'm like, right, but that's not what the hearing is for. It's about <laughs> It's about fraud. That's what's so nuts to me. (laughs) Yeah. I guess, in a way, this is also saying that fraud is cool. (laughs) Fraud is cool. Guys, steal from your work. Yeah. Probably going to cut this. But. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're going to get arrested. Yeah. (laughs) Um. 
Yeah, so I want to know what the critics had to say. The, uh, the professional critics. critics. The, the critics did not have a lot of good things to say. Um, so I'm going to just read three paragraphs from Wikipedia, which summarize the reviews. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, USA Today called it, quote, a movie that gives marriage, homosexuality, friendship, firefighters, children, and nearly everything else a bad name. <laughs> The Wall Street Journal calls it, quote, an insult to gays, straights, men, women, children, African Americans, Asians, pastors, mailmen, insurance adjusters, firemen, doctors, and fans of show music. <laughs> the New York Post called it not an insult to homosexuality, but to comedy itself. Uh, the uh, Miami Herald was slightly less critical, calling the film funny in the juvenile crass way we expect. Which I agree with to a certain yeah. extent. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Nathan Lee from The Village Voice wrote a positive review praising the film for being, quote, tremendously savvy in its stupid way. And yeah, okay. As, okay, but here's the next sentence Nathan Lee wrote, and you tell me what you think of this. As eloquent as Brokeback Mountain and even more radical. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> um. But the main thing I want to talk about um, is not a review, but it's an article that ran in Variety about the script. So like oh. I said, Alexander Payne is a credited writer on the script, and he's actually like a very respected screenwriter. And it's like, well, how the fuck did his name get on this? Um, and wow. so Variety wrote in 07, 08, the finished version of I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry bears little resemblance to the script that Payne and Taylor turned in several years ago. Mm. We're told that their version of the script, which is a rewrite of credited writer Barry Fanaro's original, um, their rewrite convinced Adam Sandler to uh, come on board the project. Once he was on, Sandler did what he does with pretty much every movie he's in, he gave the script an uncredited rewrite himself. Oh. And so, Taylor and Payne's sensitive but sharply funny script about Philadelphia firefighters was turned into a crass, stupid movie featuring a shower scene in which someone drops the soap. What else did Sandler and the other rewriters change? And this is the important part. In, in the original version, Larry is the one who falls in love with the lawyer defending their case. It's nicely handled and quite emotionally potent to watch this sad man find happiness, even though he's terrified of what it might do to his case. In the final version, it's Sandler's character, Womanizer Chuck, who falls for Jessica Beale's lawyer amid such emotionally rich moments as his squeezing her breasts while she says, they're real, feel them. Uh, the other change that they note in the article is the character of Larry's son in Payne and Taylor's script is an aspiring figure skater whose sexuality seems to be in flux. He's sensitive to abuse taken at school, and he angrily rebels against Chuck and Larry's seeming union. In the oh. final, yeah, in the final film, Larry's son is a dancer who wears flash dance sweats, does the splits, uses his sister's easy bake oven, and loves musical theater. Oh, so, I want to find the original script. Right. So it seems to be that there was a better script for this movie that got severely dumbed down um, as part of like Sandler coming on to the project, which from a commercial standpoint certainly seems to have worked because the movie made $186 million. Right. But uh, at what cost? Wow. Okay. I want to find the original script. <laughs> I'm dying to read it because that sounds it made more sense that Larry would fall in love with that's, Jessica Biel. That's exactly 
exactly right is it doesn't make sense that chuck is the one who ends up with the girl at the end so then why didn't adam sandler make himself play larry he wanted to be the one that like fucks all the women i think like that's my guess yeah interesting very interesting well what about commonsensemedia.org oh well not as (laughs) not as groundbreaking as those um okay jeffrey views writes he's a parent average movie with high points don't usually write reviews but with all the negative reviews about homophobic jokes felt that i had to respond the movie is a representation though a bad one of the progression of a straight male dominated industry with a jaded view on homosexuality and the progression of society and its views toward it okay calm down yeah jokes jokes are now outdated and inappropriate but at the time were relevant brave writing average movie 6.8 out of 10 guilty pleasure watch though That was written by a man. This is one written by a woman. Anna Dot Miles writes, I never knew Adam Sandler was a misogynist. <laughs> Pause for laughter. <laughs> I took my 13-year-old daughter and her friend to this movie having no idea how poorly women were represented. Every woman in the movie is a portrayed is oh sorry, there's a lot of typos in this one. Is portrayed as sex slaves, unable to control themselves around Adam Sandler, even the sixty year old Russian babysitter, his doctor, and eventually his attorney. I was particularly disturbed by the way the professional women were depicted. It's great to see women role models such as doctors and attorneys, but in the end they were just as slutty as all the other women in the movie. I was disappointed that that slut shame, by the way. I was disappointed <laughs> that your website made no mention of the treatment of women in this movie. Instead it focused solely on the treatment of homosexuals and obese people it appears that the women's perspective is lacking in your reviews it 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 is easy for that to kind of fall through the cracks um, yeah just with all the gay panic jokes it's like no this film also treats women really (laughs) shitty (laughs) yeah um there's one kid review that i liked a lot of them were pro the like stupid fart jokes and stuff and i don't think they really understood what this was about and that's okay but this 10 year old really stood out to me he said i love it there are too many people out there who love criticizing adam sandler that was how he spelled it don't get me wrong in past movies like i said he has been hilarious and there's been no point as in click don't know what that means however i really like this because it was hilarious but also because it had a great message it was that whatever race we are, there has nothing to do with who we are as people. Wait, wait, wait. He didn't. He's so 10. While, while I agree with that <laughs> sentence as written. He's 10. He means sexual orientation. Yeah, that's a real, that's a real bad slip up to make. <laughs> I love this kid. Not only what? that, but it shows that friends will do anything for each other, even if it means being made fun of because you're gay. What's a homo? If you know the answer to that question, then you must see Chuck and Larry. <laughs> I love that review. Like, what uh, what race is he? What do you mean? Like, is he gay? <laughs> <laughs> it's so sweet. I laughed harder at that review than at the movie. <laughs> Yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> uh, final thoughts. Uh, I really did not enjoy this. Um, Robert Smigel's great. Love him. Yeah. Uh, but um, really, uh, really was just a painful viewing experience. Um, so I am just, 
yeah, I I just this one left me feeling very empty inside and mostly <laughs> angry uh, and hungry. Uh, so all three yeah. of those things. Your final thoughts, Nadia? It had its moments that reminded me of why I love Adam Sandler movies, but it had its moments of why Adam Sandler movies eventually got worse and worse yeah so i think this is the beginning of the end i still want to investigate this i know you have no emotional vest into this but i am just now i'm just i need to look this up but i mean because this is this is before this is like the beginning of the nosedive yes this is this is we are not into the netflix um originals yet but we have all like big daddy uh, Happy Gilmore and Bi- Billy Madison and the Water Boy are all behind us. Right. Um, well, so, well, well, far behind us. Right. And, and so, like, this is an interesting point in his career to view. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm glad we did it. Uh, yeah. But I'm I think gonna... we will have to continue on with our Adam Sandler investigation oh, next definitely. season for sure. <laughs> we won't be covering any more Adam Sandler for the rest of this season, but next season we definitely will. Yeah. Uh, but my other final thought is I hope that I can find the original script for this. It's got to be somewhere, yeah. And I will, if I find it, I'll link it on our Twitter so that you can read it if anyone is interested as much as I am. I think that this could have gone a whole other way. I'm very, I'm not surprised that Adam Sandler changed it. But now I'm, oh, the curiosity. Yeah. Oh, the curiosity. <laughs> but um, thanks for, th- did I suggest this one? Uh, this was your pick, yes. Thanks to myself for this one. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, I think folks are gonna hate the one next ones we pick, but oh, yeah. in a good way. In a good way. <laughs> and we are uh, wrapping up this season, uh, but we are still always taking suggestions from our listeners of what movies you want us to review, and uh, we've taken one of yours so far and the rest we just didn't want to we just, we just yeah we just we did one and then we're like fuck this anyways three episodes left in season two folks we look forward to seeing you next week probably should have facebook twitter instagram thanks so much Bye. my mama told me when i was young we're all born superstars Nothing wrong with loving who you are, she said, cause me.